Welcome to The Great Exchange, a podcast about examining the lies that we believe and exchanging them for God's truth. I'm your host, Brady Cohn, and with me this morning is Pastor Scott Myers. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate being here. So, Scott, I really appreciate you being here because uh, you're not only a pastor, but you're also my pastor. Yeah. So, And you are such a great person to talk about marriage, family, sexuality, because you have so much experience there. You have a passion for healthy marriages. So basically what you're saying is I'm old. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. No, experienced, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, experienced. No problem. So, yeah. yep. uh, but I remember when Mary and I first came to your church about eight months ago, you're in the middle of this series called Family Matters. Yeah. And I, on the way home from church, it was such a remarkable sermon. And uh, I said, you know, Scott is the type of pastor I need in my life. Someone who's <clears throat> been around the block and is passionate about marriage and family. And uh, as a new dad, a relatively new husband, um, I saw that you were the type of pastor mentor that I needed to where you were speaking from a place of experience. Yeah, I made all the mistakes you can possibly make, be it, you know, raising kids and, and in the marriage thing. So, yeah, uh-huh. I, I appreciate I that. I once had someone say that the type of Christian they trust is a Christian who at some point in their life has been punched in the gut. And, <laughs> once, uh, once or twice. Yes, and so that's the, you've been punched in the gut a couple times and yeah. come to the end of yourself to sure, where sure. you had to submit to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, there's... Um, if you talk to my wife, uh, Heidi and I have been married for almost 41 years, um, which basically just means we're old and experienced, like you said. Um, but, you know, we we didn't start out well. Um, even though we knew each other, we grew up in the same church together. We were both Christians, which was, you know, the, benef- uh, the benefit. But uh, we did not start out well. And uh, and part of that was, you know, the, the pressure of the world, the lies we believe from the world. And, uh, you know, I thought the best way to to have a successful marriage was to make sure she thought like me. And so we were busy trying to change each other and, mm-hmm. and it just didn't go well. So mm-hmm. we've made all those mistakes until we finally figured out how to submit ourselves to the Lord and, and start doing it his way. Yeah. And now you have four adult kids and 10 grandkids and all they're five walking and, with five, the Lord. Five and, and under, all so, 10 of them. Yeah. yeah. And they all come to church here. So yes. it's uh, kind of crazy. Chaotic. Chaotic. Chaotic is what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so the fact that your all your kids know the Lord um, really, really speaks highly. Uh, so tell us, what is one of the biggest lies you see our culture believing about marriage? Well, you know, it's interesting, uh, Brady, because I knew we were going to have this conversation. And so I went and had conversations with my kids mm. um, and asked them, you know, because they're all at different stages. Mm-hmm. Um um, Taylor, my youngest son, has been married the longest, almost eight years. He got married very young. He was 20, and his his beautiful wife, Carly, was only 18. And we look at their pictures, and we go, you know, what were we thinking, allowing those yeah. babies to marry? But, you know, and then and then other ones have been married, you know, uh, less amount of time. But I asked them the question. And it was interesting, without me leading their 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 thoughts, they all said the same thing. And the biggest one is you got to find the right person. Mm. And the truth is you have to be the right person. And what's one of the reasons why I think the Apostle Paul says that uh, we should not be unequally yoked? Because if you are, are a Christian and who is married an unchristian, a non-Christian, um, you're pursuing two different things. Absolutely. As a Christian, we should be pursuing the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, his lordship, his um, leadership in our lives. 
And if you have a spouse who isn't, they're, they're pursuing something very, very different. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at Mary and I's marriage, we started out every night. We pray together. We talk about what's on your heart. You know, we talk about anything that needs to be talked about, whether it's marriage, life, where we're struggling, where we had successes that day. And I can't imagine being in a marriage with faith in Christ uh, with someone who doesn't have that faith. There'd be, there'd be such an aspect missing that we're not going down this the same road together. And that's not to say that, you know, because um, I have a lot of friends and people I know that I admire who were in, quote unquote, unequal uh, mm-hmm. marriages, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, they were married and one spouse came to know the Lord and the other one didn't. And it took a while for the other one or they never did. Yeah. It doesn't mean those marriages can't be successful uh-huh. in the world's eyes, but it is much more difficult Um to try to navigate this, this um, taking two broken people living in the same living space, assuming Absolutely. that you're going to be successful uh-huh. when you're pursuing two different ends, two different purposes. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's something. And I, you know, I, my nephew got married on Friday night, mm-hmm. and one of the prayers we had for Huddy was that he would find a godly woman, mm-hmm. and and he. He dated crazy for a long time, you know, uh, but he found a, a girl who loves the Lord more than she loves Hudson. That's great. And, and that's, yeah. that's, that's the goal yeah. for every So parent. going back to the lie that you say that we believe of uh, we have to find the right person, mm-hmm. what do you think is behind that lie? What's the premise our culture says about marriage that thinks that there's one person out there? Yeah, well, part us? of it, I think, is the Jerry Maguire syndrome where you're going to find the one that completes you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not true. The, the only one that's going to complete you is the Lord Jesus. Now, it is true that God's design in marriage was the complementarian relationship where husband and wife together as co-regents move through life. You know, that's his design. That was his design in the very beginning. Uh, that got broken by sin. And so as a result of the curse, we have this disruption of the harmonious relationship that God wanted and God, God's idea for marriage. Uh, and so we've got to overcome ourselves because whenever we find somebody uh, to marry and we choose to marry that person, um, we're bringing a broken person and uniting it with another broken person and we think there's going to be automatic harmony. Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't work that way. It, yeah. it, you're going to have chaos. You're going to have conflict. How do you manage that conflict and where do you go with that conflict? And the world has nowhere to go mm-hmm. you know, other than self. Mm-hmm. And, and so where you have to go is to the Word of God, um, allowing the Holy Spirit to take the Word of God to change you. One of the most, um, it was interesting, last, a couple weeks ago, we went out and golfed with Huddy and his groomsmen and that kind of stuff, and we had a great time and went out to lunch afterwards. And um, the, the, one of the uh, groomsmen decided we were going to share a piece of wisdom with Hudson uh, about marriage. And one thing that his brother-in-law said, which was fascinating, because his brother-in-law is not a Christian, um, he says, is, don't think that you're going to be the same person five and ten years from now. Oh, wow. You're going to change. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And so what you're experiencing right now, although it's really going to be good and you're going to enjoy your wedding and your honeymoon and all that kind of stuff, five years from now, you're not going to be the same people. Yeah. And, you know, I see in our culture, we pursue someone based on how they make us feel. Mm-hmm. And then sure. in a year or 
five years or 10 years, they're no longer making us feel that way because they've changed or we've changed or we've experienced their sin because we all marry a sinner. Right, right. And so this, this feeling is gone. And if that's what you've pursued this person for and that's why you love them, which really isn't loving them, it's loving this feeling they give you, yeah. then it's going to lead to resentment because they're no longer doing for you what well, And that's you, the idol that you've, yeah. you know, in your podcast you talk about is that what someone's going to do for me. So, so who's the end game? Mm-hmm. I am. What I want, what I need, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the the movie a line, baby. I want you, I need you, I've got to have you. That is so self centered. Absolutely, you know, and and nobody can make you and and people push back at this. Nobody can make you feel anything. Mm-hmm. You choose how you feel. Now, why why do you choose that? Well, a lot of times that goes goes back to a lot of the baggage you bring into a relationship, uh, some of your experiences you've had, good and bad. And, and that's another thing yeah. that, that we bring to the relationship. You know, I was raised in my family by my parents. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. My wife was raised in her family mm-hmm. with her parents, totally different mm-hmm. than mine. And we come into this marriage expecting that it's going to be like I've experienced in the past. Yeah. And we and, all have different lenses that we oh, filter everything through, good and bad. Yes. And so, and different ways of perceiving things and communication gets both ways gets filtered through our own perception and our own yes. experiences yes. that we don't even understand that that's why we're perceiving something that way. You know, it's interesting. My family, my, my parents, who were wonderful Christian people, my dad was an alpha male. And my brothers and I are all, all alpha males. And we have a mother who's the ultimate alpha male. Oh, yeah. she, she, you know, she had to control all these crazy men uh-huh. in her one household. So you know. she had to be tough. Oh, she was, she was tougher than anybody. And it was interesting. There was one time in my life I remember where my dad and I were at odds with each other. And my dad was, was going to kick me out of the house. And she looked at my dad across the table and says, you're not kicking my son out of my house. Mm-hmm. And my dad backed down like right now. You know, mm-hmm. even though he was this, you know, had such gravitas, had such, mm-hmm. you know, influence mm-hmm. and was a, such a remarkable man. But he knew not to cross, you know, mama bear. Uh-huh. So that's my experience. Yeah. Heidi had a very different experience. So we brought both of those into our relationship and it was just disastrous mm-hmm. for the first few years. And, and, and that's an expectation. So to, to go back to what you talked about, about this idea that someone's going to make me feel a certain way. Oh yeah, she made me feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah. anger. And it wasn't and, good. Uh, it wasn't good. Yes. And, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you so also how do you... Ta- you also talk too about something that is, I think, another lie, and that is that love is a feeling. Yes. Uh huh. And and love's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Love's it, a co- it's a choice. Yeah, it's a, it's a choice to serve this person yes. to lay down our life for them. Yes. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, what Jesus said about you know taking up your cross and following Him, a lot of times that is your 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 marriage partner mm-hmm. absolutely you die to self and you you carry their burdens for yeah. them so uh so expl- so that's kind of the bigger picture uh more specifically how do you apply the gospel to those moments how does jesus change those moments mm. uh in your marriage where there's there's two sinful people or just two people with different expectations who are butting heads how has the gospel intervened in those moments and help you both walk away healthier to, as people and healthier as a marriage this the most powerful word in the english dictionary is the word submission. Mm. 
Hmm. And a lot of times, I think pastors make the mistake of applying submission only to the wife, mm-hmm. even Absolutely. though that's exactly what Paul says in Ephesians 5. Uh, submission, before he addresses wives, submit to your husbands, um, he says in, in 5, I think it's 21, mm-hmm. submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. Absolutely. Um, my greatest lesson I've learned is that my, I need to submit to my wife's wisdom. Mm. At, you know, mm-hmm. often. That's really good. Because I'll, you know, and I and I don't mean this disrespectfully to my wife. Okay, um, I may be smarter than her; she's wiser than I am. Wow. And and so I may have um, um, a, a a list of of data facts that I can mm-hmm. spit out to you that are mm-hmm. biblical in nature. Mm-hmm. My wife has the ability to take that and apply it to our relationship, my, our relationship with our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our neighbors, whatever, our church family members. Um, and if I don't listen to that, I'm a fool. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that the Lord taught me very early is this woman listens to me. You better listen to her. Wow, that's powerful. You know, and so submitting to, to my wife um, has been the, the salvation of my marriage. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you know Heidi and I have been to marriage counseling four times mm-hmm. uh, because she's married to an absolute tool as a <laughs> husband, you know, and uh-huh. very stubborn. Uh, again, an alpha male, um, and I'm overcoming that. You know, not not that being decisive is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing for men. We can talk about that if we want to at some point. But but uh, I have to submit to her as much as she submits to me mm-hmm. because we're all all submitting to the headship of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. What does it look like in marriage? Because we're both the these two sinners who are on this path, and uh, we want to have an... I love Tim Keller's vision of marriage, is that you someday you stand before God and your spouse is in a better place. They're, they're more, they're in a better place before standing before the Lord because of your influence in their yeah. life. Yes. And so what does that long journey look like? Because uh, I'm still a sinner. She's still a sinner. I want her to be in a better place. And yet at the other time, I'm not her Holy Spirit. And uh, I can't, you know, pound down the gavel of, yep. you know, of uh, forcing sanctification on her, nor can she do that to me. And so what does it look like to guide our spouse through that and uh, be a part of their sanctification without playing God or the Holy Spirit in their life? Well, you know, there is, there's two aspects that we have to embrace, I think, especially as men is to understand that our model is Jesus Christ and that he gave up everything for us. Mm-hmm. And willingly, Philippians 2, submitted himself to the point of death for us. That's our example. So we sacrifice everything for her. Wow, yeah. Say, But also in Ephesians 5 is that idea of leadership, that I am, that as Jesus is the head of the church, and he sacrifices everything for us, his, his children. Um, so I sacrifice everything and yet also lead my wife. Mm-hmm. So I have to put her in a place where she can thrive. And whatever that takes, that's what I do. 
that's that's great so many times uh you know we take all these verses out of context and so the aspect of male leadership in the home can be so misused and abused Mm -hmm. and not done out of an attitude of humility and submission and and growth and what's the best what's the best for my family but instead what do i want and so you know all these aspects uh of, of biblical marriage can be so much abused that then our culture rejects all of it yep. because they've seen it misused. At well, times. And, and if you look at the world, the world thinks of leadership top down. Mm-hmm. From the scriptures, leadership is bottom up. Mm-hmm. Who's the greatest servant? It's Jesus Christ. Who should be the greatest servant of the home? The husband and father. He sets aside his needs, his wants, his desires for hers and for the children's. What does a wife do? She sacrifices everything for her children. Um, so leadership, servant leadership from a biblical viewpoint is bottom up. Now, one thing, and I can't remember, Brady, where I, where I first heard it, but if you think of a triangle, every marriage that begins with Jesus Christ as the foundation, um, you think of a triangle, God on the top, a husband on one end and the wife on the other. The mistake is we want to grow together. So we're moving together on that horizontal bottom of the triangle. Mm. No, 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 no. That's not the way we grow together. The way we grow together is to to grow toward Christ in relationship with God, in fellowship with him. And as we grow toward him, we're automatically growing together. Wow, yeah. Say, and I can't remember where I first heard that Uh because it's not original with me, but but I keep that picture in mind. So every time I'm trying to move toward Heidi, she might be moving away from me mm-hmm. if I'm doing the horizontal thing. Mm-hmm. But if we're both moving toward the Lord, we're automatically moving together. And the more I seek to be in fellowship with the Lord, the more he is forming me into a better version, this unique version, Scott Myers, of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So when people see me, they don't see me, they see him. If she's doing the same thing, all of a sudden we're walking in this harmony that we can't even explain. Because mm-hmm. there's a peace beyond all understanding yep. that the the world doesn't see in in marriage. Because the world's marriage is like this game back and forth of this business transaction. You do this for me, and I do this for you. Yeah. And uh, just this 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 game that they play. Well, and this that's another one of the lies, right? That marriage is a fifty fifty deal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not. Biblical marriage is a hundred percent zero deal. Yeah, everyone gives a hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I don't give my hundred percent expecting her hundred percent coming mm-hmm. back. I give a hundred percent because that's what Jesus Christ did. Yeah, and and, and, so, and, and expecting nothing in return. It, and if I get anything, yeah, that's grace. Yeah, and it's so it's such a blessing to be in a marriage knowing that I have everything I need in Christ. Therefore, I can give of myself because my hope, my wholeness is not dependent on this person. It's not dependent on what they do for me. Yeah. And isn't that just a freeing, so yes. freeing from yes. what the the way that the world says we should do marriage of, I need this person to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And then those needs change. So also I change. So then I need something different from this person. It's like, no, I have everything I need in Christ. So I can love this person. I can submit to them regardless of how they love me in return. One of the most freeing experiences that I ever felt was when Heidi and I went to a family life conference um, and we were working through, and I hate working through the workbooks, at a conference because mm-hmm. you got to talk yeah. about the things you don't want to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, that you've buried. Um, and we're talking about something. And um, my my wife, we were working through a couple questions, and she looks at me and she says, 
baby, I need to apologize to you. And, you know, you know, Heidi, um, if there's anything wrong in our relationship, it's usually my fault. Okay. Uh, she's the perfect one. I'm not, but she says, I need to apologize to you. I expected you to make me happy and I know you can't. And so forgive me for that. Now that bothered me when she first said it, but the more I've thought yeah. about it over the years, the more I went, that was the most freeing moment of my life because then mm -hmm. her happiness was not dependent upon me. Absolutely. Her happiness is dependent upon her relationship. A with perfect the Lord Jesus. savior yes. that you can never yes. be. And John Eldridge uh, wrote in his book, Wild at Heart, the greatest fear a man has is he gives everything to his woman and it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so we hold back. So, so we hold ourselves back because of the fear of uh, rejection, the fear, fear of fairly, the fear of just not adding up. We don't, we don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're not God number two. Mm -hmm. we, we, we don't have what it takes to fulfill our wives. And, and the Jerry Maguire syndrome is they have what it takes to fulfill us. Yes. And that's not true. Yes, and that's, that's what the world would have us believe with these fairy tale romances yeah. and uh, you know this person completes me this person makes me feel this way they give me everything I need and uh, our world constantly lies to us about what that should look like absolutely absolutely well Scott I think that's a great way to end this episode I'm looking forward to hearing more from you from your uh, lifetime of wisdom and so thank you so much for bringing your experiences of marriage helping us understand the lies that our culture believes and the lies that we can all believe about marriage for anyone listening this week thank you for joining the great exchange podcast I pray that as you go out go through your week you can examine the lies that you've believed about yourself about the world about God and about marriage and you can trade them for his truth so thank you for joining us Scott and You're we welcome. will see you next week thanks everybody